Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the new paradigm. I'm your host, of course, Noble, here uh, with another special guest, uh, my man, my homeboy, Maurice Thompson. Say hello to the people, Maurice. Yo, peace and blessings, man. Good. Hello, all the wonderful listeners. Glad to be here with y'all. Noble, it's always a pleasure to be with you, bro. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. And um, so let's just hop right into it now. We were talking about, or you said you want to talk about a kind of an interesting concept. I think I maybe only had one other person um, talk about this before, which is um, being solo polyamorous. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and that's how you identify in terms of your polyamorous journey as a solo polyamorous guy. Am I, am I right? Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'm at in the game right now. I know that it's not that we don't lock into any particular way, but the expression that I've been having, yeah, it's definitely been a solo polyamorous experience for the past few years. Okay. And um, so what so what is poly, solo polyamory first? You know, to kind of catch people up who may not really be aware of, of the term. So as I have it, solo polyamory is an is an expression of polyamorous lifestyle where we might have loves people that we love people that we engage with people that we interact with yet technically in a relationship structure we might not necessarily be married we might not necessarily be boyfriends girlfriends in that kind of classic sense where you can point to one particular relationship and say this is the way that they go Hmm. Okay. So, what really? Well, I guess I guess my first question really is just what led you to that lifestyle. Like, how did you, you know? Um, what made you first be want to be poly in the first place, and, and why solo poly? So, that's a great question because I've always been one that I've always been one quick to fall for people, and I'm using like air quotes, and I say that like you know the fall for a woman and. To, I always loved that whole experience of the newness of relationships, of really getting to know somebody on that kind of level and to be vulnerable in sharing that I care. And as I got older, of course, this would lead to reciprocity of feelings. And then next thing you know, it's like, all right, what are we? Oh, we go together, let's, let's be together. So then you get in with somebody but and it can be great, but that feeling of desiring to connect with somebody new never left. Mm-hmm. And I've never been, I mean, a cheater in any kind of way. Like I never stepped out on a relationship or did anything that was above reproach in terms of who I'm being with when I'm with someone else. And the whole thing to it was as I got older and I got introduced to more and more people that are living non-monogamous lifestyles, I realized like, oh, this is really my, this is really what I'm looking at. This is what I'm pointing at. I never wanted to be one that, because I told you I love you, I can't tell somebody else that I love them. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's all, it's all in the state. It's all in, it's all in the commitment to freedom. I feel like mm-hmm. all of these things, like all of the things that the ways that we play our purpose out and create our lives to some regards, especially as men, is like built towards us achieving freedom. Right, right. hundred percent. So 
Um, is that pursuit for freedom and like did that how what role did that play in your psychology when it comes to you choosing to be solo poly instead of like, you know, um you know, with a partner, like like kind of long term? You know what? The freedom conversation is one that came into play. Um like to be honest, some of it, especially in the in initial beginning phases was self-constructed or, or a circumstance that I thought that I was just beholden to because I wasn't mm -hmm. with somebody and I wanted to explore poly. And at the time, it seemed difficult to find somebody that would be willing to jive and be in that conversation. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, I might as well just be single. And, you know, it might be looking like cut buddies or friends with benefits. But as I began to continue to deepen and develop what it actually means for me, like at this phase, it just makes so much sense for me to be willing to be in whatever connection I can be in with a partner and not even have an obligation for them to try to lock in and latch down, you know, especially as I was going through phases earlier in my life that, you know, getting my stuff together so to speak, it would never really all the way together, but right, right. I had a story that I had to be at a certain place for a relationship. And then even mm -hmm. as I was letting that go, it was just like, oh, okay, well, this vibe still is conducive. Like this still feels like the wave. So, so that's when it kind of deepened into solo poly, especially coming across the term. I'm like, oh, click, it clicked. Right, right. I feel you. I feel you. So do you have any um, children or anything like that right now? No, I don't have any children. I am. So in my solo, it's really super solo. Like not even kids to deal with. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I was actually in, um, in a similar position. You know, I am looking, I was looking for, you know, somebody to have children with, but I was on, I was technically, I guess what you could consider solo poly, but I didn't really want to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you um see yourself staying solo poly for you know uh rest of your life? Do you do you see yourself wanting something more? Um I well I don't necessarily see it for my entire life. I mean, um it's a solid space to be in right now. It's a rhythm, it's a vibe, and I do want to have a wide range of experiences. So yeah, like eventually down the road that might change. So it might, mm -hmm. so it might be more of a contained kind of situation, or it might be creating an open relationship with a or several people. But right. the whole thing, but for right now, for right now, it works, and right. and I'm exper and I'm taking it on as an opportunity to really be fully expressed in that, and be completely content in that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're looking for something and when you're looking for something and feel like you don't have it, because it's real easy to come from a lack perspective and you almost right. end up chasing away what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a, about a couple of clients do that, <laughs> you know, yeah. chase away what they're looking for because they're going after a little bit too hard. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they feel like there's something wrong with them for not having it. Right. Like so, how did you um how did you first hear about you no know, poly as you no know, as it stands? You know, I didn't hear about it till I was thirty, uh, and I met a woman in a club who you know was telling me all about it. Like I had never heard the word before then. 
Like, what about you? Well, you know, as I was coming up, like particularly in my late teens and early twenties, I started work dealing with people from various various schools of thought. Um, I came up as I came up as a hip hop kind of guy, and that got me into building with cats that were about the culture and that build of culture um had me in a bunch of various like theological religious spiritual conversations and you know some of these folks from some of these different walks they live polygamous lives so that was yeah. like my first introduction to the idea and i mean growing up in the bible and stuff you know that so and so had this many wives and you know you hear about you hear about Abraham, you hear about Solomon, you hear about David, you know, people, multiple wives, et cetera. And right, right. so I knew it was something that happened back in the day, but like in terms of like modern times, like a lot of it came from a lot of these spiritual schools. And I was like, oh, well, I don't necessarily ascribe or jive to this dogma, but mm -hmm. cool idea, cool thought. And like, outside of outside of like a religious parameter it really took me getting it likewise into my 30s and and coming across especially in like the deepening of social media you know mm. of course like, of social media play a part well you know there i am i'm on twitter like i was on twitter like all the time and all these different conversations popping up and i'm just loving every conversation anywhere that could be talking about anything and then lo and behold, there's Juju Mama. You know what I mean? So, and I'm seeing, and you know, and I'm seeing her just exude this energy that's just effortless and bubbling and engaging and deepening. And I'm like, wow, like, so that's a by, so if that kind of energy is the byproduct of, a polyamorous lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Dude, why not? Mm. Like, let me tap into that just as a, a source of energy, a source of vibrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a lot of uh condition that you had to break down in order to try to accept poly, or were you already or were you already looking for something new because you weren't really fabbing with what you know you would grow up with? I there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of things to break down and to get through. I knew that I wanted something that allowed me to have the freedom to express my love the way I wanted to express my love, and I never contemplated that that would also require somebody else to have that same kind of freedom. Oh, okay. Can you go a little deeper into that. Yeah. So a lot of the questions around, um, a lot of questions around security. You know, talking to people, talking to monogamous minded individuals, one of the biggest things that they say when they throw up a block to them being polyamorous or even embracing it is, oh, no, I'd be too jealous. Oh, no, I don't share. And mm -hmm. I really had an opportunity to look at myself and say, OK, where is it that I'm not sharing? Where is it that I'm not comfortable being one of many for somebody else? What do I make it mean when somebody says, I'm not going to be here with you because I'm going to be with somebody else. And like just that kind of that level of self scrutiny and self inquiry and looking at um, what I make things mean beyond what somebody says. Like, I feel like it's real easy to try to read between lines 
and we end up writing something that wasn't even there. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 I feel what you're saying. Yeah, so it took something to have to get to give that up, you know, like constant work, constant examination. And what was the thing that that had you? I mean, first, no, congratulations on being able to look at yourself. Most people can't get to that point where they look at where they're not doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? Look in the mirror, really. Yeah. Um, but what was it that got you to the point where, like, okay, like, I think I understand women have a right to have the same freedoms that I have. Like, how, how did you get there? It stemmed from a conversation around unconditional love. Okay. I was taking on... I was taking on some studies around universal principles and it was universal principles in a way that I hadn't yet engaged with it. Um, there's an author named Arnold Patton who wrote this amazing book called You Can Have It All. And it's all about this cooperative paradigm of life that everything doesn't have to be adversarial. Everything doesn't have to be competitive. Like we can really create a life that is completely around us cooperating together for the purpose of developing unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, unconditional love. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. So engaging with these women, I got present very quickly that me saying that you can't be with nobody else or that you can't have this kind of expression of love for some another person but me. Like I have to be your end all be all. That's a condition. That's a total condition. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't powerful for me to expect it. And it wasn't powerful for me to have it expected. So the freedom that I was looking to have, I can only have by offering it to somebody else. Right, right. No, you don't really have nothing unless you can give it. <clears throat> mm -hmm. that's, that's true. That's facts. If you got two dollars, if you got two dollars and somebody asks you for two dollars and you say I can't do it, you don't really have it. It has you at that point. Right, right. So what's been your own challenge with you know finding partners in within the solo poly dynamic? Do they feel like you know comfortable with you that you're gonna show up like with them, or like has that been a, a struggle? I think one of the there are there are two particular challenges that have come up. One is finding finding someone on the page, like either on the page of being open to polyamory or being on the page of being in a relation, relating with one another without the confines of the relationship. So a lot of times when you say, hey, I want to spend time with you, I want us to exchange sexual energy i want us to be vulnerable with one another and grow and flourish together the mm -hmm. response is oh okay so what is this like it's real quick to put a like there's an urge to put a label on it so quick and when you mm -hmm. say you don't want to put a label on it to some people they interpret it as you don't care or you don't mm -hmm. care enough like they think that you're being nonchalant about it and when they think that, they don't put the energy into it. Or mm -hmm. on the other side, they become too nonchalant about it. And you try to reach out and be in communication and it doesn't happen. Like y'all can fall out of, and not talk to each other for half a year. 
and come back like, oh, well, we won anything anyway. So it's mm. really tough to be, it's really a tough line to walk to say, we're not not anything and we're not confined to this label. Right. And what? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying that one thing that really came up for me, and this was like just, just as recently as this week, one thing I just really got present to is like one of the functions of solo polyamory is that sort that search for freedom, and it's the search for freedom through others. Mm, okay. Can you elaborate, elaborate on that a little bit? So in my desire to be free, I can just be alone. But is aloneness really freedom? Because no, because if I can't have that experience and that feeling of freedom, no matter how close in proximity or intimate relation I am with another, then it's just something I'm depriving myself of. Mm -hmm. So it's right. like now I get an opportunity to kind of put it on the court, put it on the field to have the life of feeling fully free at any given moment, no matter how close I am to her or them. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Kind of like being connected without necessarily being attached to people. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Like, it, like if it, like it, I love analogies. So it's like, let's say I'm the pebble and she's the slingshot. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to be free, but in order to be free, I have to come into contact with her. Right. Right, right, right. Stone, but no, you have this tool. You have this access to another entity who will help project you even further than you could imagine. Mm, right, right. So it sounds like you definitely see the value in women and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of, again, you know, choosing this solo poly path for right now. Um, yeah. Do you know what it would look like if, well, what you want it to look like uh, when you do find that one lady that you maybe want to maybe have your first child with or um, like, do you know what type of relationship that would that would be for you? That's a great question. And when I look at it, when I think about it, when I close my eyes and see the picture, the first thing I feel is like a rush of wind, like being on the front seat of a roller coaster. So first mm. and foremost, like it's going to be exhilarating for us to be in that front car together. And we know that the ride will be as long as the ride will be. And then we can get off that cart. We can go get on another ride or we can stay on that ride. So the the exhilaration definitely will show up first, mm -hmm. and in terms of in terms of the structure, um, perhaps perhaps there's a nesting period. Perhaps there's a period of time where we say, okay, it is just us, and a mm -hmm. monogam and declare like a monogamous phase. Maybe maybe we say it's a couple of years, and then after those two years, we come back and we reassess what worked and what didn't work. Not based on how we feel, but based on the functionality and the workability of what we're building in creating a new life and creating a family. Um, mm -hmm. And then perhaps from there, it starts to open up in certain ways that we both feel comfortable and are excited about. Um, so, okay. yeah, so, yeah. 
So it's not final. It's not finalized. It's, but conceptually, I feel like it's there. Right. How do you walk the line as a as a solo poly dude from not doing too much to where you kind of lose track of being solo poly and not doing too little where people don't take you seriously in relationships? Like, how do you walk that line? Mm. So one of the ways I walk that line is by um, reinventing the context of solo polyamory for me. So, okay. for, so for me, I am my primary partner. Okay. So anybody else I engage with is already going to be in a polyamorous relationship because you already are relating with how I relate to myself. Teaching myself, teaching myself what nourishes me, what nurtures me, what gives me pleasure, what gives me motivation, what things do I put in play for myself to make myself better? Okay, okay, I feel you. So even if you see me solo dolo, hopefully there's something that says, wow, this brother's really cared for. This brother's really loved. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes you get rhythm just by being cared for. And when another can see that you take to being cared for well, they want to care for you also. Mm, right, right. So that way. That way I don't drift down into just lethargy and just doing nothing. And at the same time, I don't end up doing the most trying to go out to the club and rap at 17 women. <laughs> right. Like if I enjoy my pre if I enjoy my own presence in my own space and create a safe space for myself, then it makes it that much easier for them to fall in wherever they choose. Right, right. I used to, I know when I was uh, in my 20s and I was dating, um, I would have rules. Uh, I mean, I was basically solo poly, I guess. You know, I wasn't in any real committed relationship, but I had, you know, a few women that would, you know, come back and forth. Mm -hmm. Did you have any, do you have any, like, guidelines for, like, you know, um, you can only stay for, you know, up to two days or, you know, a day or two or... No overnight. I remember one time I was like, "Yo, no overnights." <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been through the, I've been through that phase, and then after a while, it was like, "No, the overnights are kind of cool. I kind of dig that." <laughs> um, uh -huh. I, um, so far, like one of the things it hadn't been an official put in place, but like around that twenty-four hour window, like we can have a great time. Like we can have a great date that lasts until the next day. And but af after 24 hours, not saying you got to go, but now we're in on what the plan is. Now, right. it's like, all right, what do you, what are you out here causing? What are you out here creating? Because I don't want to get stuck, be stuck up underneath somebody. I don't want anybody stuck up under me and standing for that freedom. I'm already looking at, all right, what are we creating that inspires us to find it? What makes it worth us being separate? Mm -hmm. so it might be like okay well not just i know i gotta go make this money but like all right what are we doing like what am i doing with that money i'm creating an opportunity to make a difference for other people in the world of my business or you might be out here making a difference for the world and what you doing you inspired by that great okay go i'll see you later <laughs> like yeah. 
Right, right. So I think that's really one of the biggest rules is that if you're gonna be if you're gonna be around longer than a the night, then we're really gonna be about something together or apart. Mm, Go have some type of missions or mission or purpose behind whatever it is that we're trying to do, basically. Yeah, at least a trajectory on to the next point while we figure out what that purpose is. Right. Uh, one thing you mentioned a lot was the concept of um, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. How much did you struggle with that? Like initially, like was that a struggle to try to be like really kind of comprehend and what that should look like? Yeah, because as because it's funny because not just as a solo polyamorous person, but I feel like as a human, period, it's so easy for us to conceptualize things among, for ourselves. We'll have our by ourselves meetings. We'll have it all thought out and fleshed out in our head. And then we say we're ready to go. And then we get into the presence with another human being. And then it all goes to mush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a lot of ideas of what I thought unconditional love would look and sound and be like. But then when I would get around others with an opportunity to be that, it would be really easy to fall short. And a lot of that mm-hmm. is like, preconceived notions of inadequacy, maybe um, conversations around um, imposter syndrome, like all these things that we create that these disempowering contexts that it's so easy for us to come up with about ourselves or about our place in the world. So if I say part of my unconditional love is being cool with you doing whatever it is you got to do, and then... I go on I go on social media and I see you hugged up with this dude. That idea, man, screw that. I have to, like mm-hmm. I get an opportunity to check that right away. Or the size up, like, oh yeah, he looked like like he might not be doing as well as me in this, or I might not be doing as well as him in that. Like that kind of whole idea that makes you want to compare and contrast yourself to somebody else that's in the same space, getting love from the same person, mm-hmm. you know, that is rip. It takes a constant giving up. Cause it's not just an intellectual thing. It's about just really being present to when it pops up and letting it go. Right. I'm right. Letting it go. It's like developing a muscle. Yeah. I find a lot of people have a very difficult time being present in those type of situations. <laughs> yeah. But it's, very, it's very difficult for a lot of people to do. Yeah, totally. It's really it's really easy to fall back into the past. It's really right. easy to to say, "Oh, well, I should have known this was going to happen because this is the way that it is." And it's not the way it is, it's the way we create it. We just right. happen to have to cre- we just happen to get an opportunity to create it over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Did you um how does your family, you know, kind of react to your stance on you know, relationships and whatnot. Was that like everybody was kind of cool with it and nobody really bothered you? Like, how was that? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's funny because um, I come from a, I come from a rather large family and they are very religious. So we grew up Southern Baptist and if yeah, you know, yeah, so, you know, it was always, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? When are you, you know, there's always this desire to, for them to see you partnered with somebody. One, yeah, I get it for love. Two, to expand the family. And really three, because 
they know that as you get older, you gonna need somebody to take care of you. So they already concerned about all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And as and as I got more and more comfortable with it, I found it coming up in the conversations, particularly with my mom. Like everybody else in the family, I'll deal with how they feel when they feel it. But it was something that I really took on, like being in conversation with my mother about. Um, right that hey it might not happen the way that you think is going to happen it might not be me jumping over a broom in a church it might be it might be a wife it might be a girlfriend it might be me involving myself with a woman that already has children it might be in being involved with a woman that doesn't want children and then being involved with somebody that does and we've all been (laughs) in on this thing together and you know phasing it in like little chips here and there. Like I didn't drop the whole bag on her, but I feel like as she sees who her son is becoming in his pursuits for the things that are important to him, she realizes that any decision I make in the structure of my relationship is coming from a balanced place. So, you know, it's, so she might not necessarily jive with the what, but she understands the why and the who behind it. So, you know, it's a yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's cool, you know, like. And I'm sure as she gets an opportunity to be around it and actually be with people that are being introduced into my life that way, you know, she'll love them like she'll love them just like I do. Yeah, yeah. Have you introduced your mom to any of your partners yet? Because um, that took me a while before I found a partner that I, I really wanted to introduce to my mom. It took a while. It took a while. Like, for real, for real, my mother's probably met. I would say my mother's met four of my lovers or girlfriends, either before we got together or after, or while we were together. And at the time, I was listening to it from the same lens each time. So I heard her say the same things about each of them. Mm-hmm. And what I hear, and now when I go back to it, what I hear is a mother being protective. Right. Particularly protective of a son that was quick to make hasty decisions. <laughs> so, yeah. so I got that concern. So just like a mother would, she wanted to make sure that that wasn't happening. But as I, as I would get older and once again, like as I began to build up a track record of, of solid, of solid vision of solid decisions of, you know, mindful thoughts and actions. um, It's kind of mellowed out now. Also, in this time frame, I haven't introduced anybody new. We might talk about we might talk about them here and there, but mm-hmm. I will, I'll I let her know that when I bring somebody around, it's because she's down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she knows, like she knows what's up. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, my man. Well, this has been a great conversation. I know we're running a little bit short on time here, and um. I really appreciate you coming through and bringing your perspective on solo poly or whatnot. Do you want, yeah. um, like, no, are you involved in any, like, um, like teaching courses? Do you try to help people understand poly at all? Or are you just, like, living your way through it? I'm living my way through it. I haven't taken on, 
I haven't taken on any type of teaching space yet. Um, but one of the things that I do do through my photography is like, no matter how it shows up, there's always this commitment that people be seen and heard the way that they desire to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. So where I might not be coaching people through relationships, I might coach somebody through a photo shoot in the process of how to position themselves in a way where who they are can be embraced. Mm, right, right. So I love so I love this life and I love the kind of work that like that you are sharing and providing and that so many other avenues that we're familiar with get to sprout up and be an access for because I realized that it's not necessarily in what we do, but it's in how we do. And everything we do is done in this way of promoting and creating freedom. So, facts. So, even if it ain't the work, it's the work. <laughs> facts, for real. <laughs> well, thanks again, Maurice, man. I really appreciate you coming on doing this for me. Um, hopefully, maybe we have you on again at some point. No, I'm so looking forward to it, brother. Thank you.